Inspired By, a podcast brought to you by Six. Hello, I'm Hannah Wise, and this is Inspired By. In this podcast series, I invite experts from Six and other representatives from the Financial Centre to talk about their inspirations. My guest today is Sita Mazumda, Swiss IT economist at the University of Applied Sciences in Lucerne. She's also an entrepreneur and board member. And like her inspiration, Albert Einstein, she's a trailblazer. And she likes to think outside the box and go where no one has before. Sita, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Hannah. Wonderful to be here. It's great to have you. Now, um, in this episode, we're going to talk a lot about digitalization, open banking and trust. But I really wanted to start with this wonderful example of your thinking outside of the box. Now, you're very involved in the financial sector, sitting on boards, for example, but you came up with the idea or the first idea of putting a coffee shop in a bank long before it became a reality. Tell us about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was in, uh, I believe it was 2012. Um, I gave an interview to a newspaper and I was asking for, now this was the aftermath of the global financial crisis, and I was asking for a new banking. And one of the examples was that, you know, in the entry halls of banks, there needs to be life. There needs to be something that attracts people to go in. And right now it's kind of sterile and, and people are not really attracted to go in. And I was pointing out coffee. Coffee is always something attracting people. Why not put a coffee into the banking entry or the entry hall? And what was the reaction like? Because, I mean, we're here to talk about digitalization and, and kind of future and that, you know, inviting people to a, a bank branch seems kind of the opposite, right? No, no, because, um, you know, early on when I was studying banking and finance, an expert, one of my professors told me, going to a bank is like going to the dentist for most of the people. And you want to take that away. You want to make that fun. You want to make that a good experience. And therefore, coffee and a coffee shop and being at leisure, that's what's fun, what, what fun is. And it's exactly that's, you know, what I was pointing out and what was the reaction like then? Well, some of the people applauded me. They thought that was brilliant because it's connecting things and it's fun. And then others were very critical, like you are just, you know, not from this world and this is not ever going to happen. And of course, it's very much how we live now. I mean, you can go to a shoe shop and get a cup of coffee these days. So it's very much part of our lives. Um, now, of course, you have many other accolades to your name, not just uh, coffee shop ideas. You're an author, economist, entrepreneur with your strategy consultant business. Um, of course, we'll discover more as we talk. But why did you choose Einstein as your as your inspiration today? I saw a documentary very early age. It was pre-kindergarten and I just got inspired and I've been inspired ever since. Pre-kindergarten? Pre-kindergarten. It was a TV documentary and <laughs> the combination of this brilliant mind, but also outside of the box thinker, he was someone who was able to think the future that inspired me then and inspires me now. So you saw that in him, you know, at such a young age. This, yeah. I, you know, the way he thought. Yeah, I think 
Einstein really incorporates this, I think, outside of the box and I go path where no one has ever been. So that came across. And today, of course, I understand it rationally, but then I kind of just had a feeling about this and it inspired me. So how do you incorporate this in your everyday life? Because you focus on sustainably successful business models in the digital world. First of all, what does that mean? <laughs> Sounds great, right? But what does it mean? <laughs> business modeling, of course, is a core strategic um, task for every organization. And in today's world where digital is so predominant, it means understanding what this digital means and then what it actually means for a given business models. How are we changing and what are we as clients, customers, employees looking for? And then finding that sweet spot where you have the business model where tomorrow you can still earn money with it. And is, I mean, how challenging is that for businesses? You work obviously in finance sector, but do you work across all industries and is it is it tricky for more industries rather than others um you're pointing it out perfectly right it is tricky it is tricky for most of the organizations but definitely more for the more traditional have been around for a long time organizations thinking the future also means and adapting to it also means challenges and as we know us human beings we're not really looking for changes and challenges so yeah it is it is something which needs a bit of work and, and open-mindedness to tackle so what are the parallels then with you and einstein is it just this outside the box thinking it is definitely the outside of the box thinking but also much like einstein i kind of combine this creative work um, and you know factors values for instance values like trust with what is actually the core when it comes to content if i look at a digital solution i would always also ask like is this accepted is this something that people would trust is it applied therefore because you can have the most beautiful solution but if people don't trust it they will not use it in a digital world is trust more important than ever it definitely is super important. Um, and I would say, yes, it is probably more important than ever, because if you look at these topics like, for instance, right now with the COVID situation, cybersecurity and trust into a given system, trust that if you go onto a app or a web page that this is trustworthy, but also investments and so forth, the list is long. I think trust is becoming, again, one of the huge issues to tackle. I mean, I've got a quote here, actually, from Einstein. He's very quotable, of course. <laughs> There's a, I have a list of about 10, but this one is bang on with the trust. You know, every kind of peaceful cooperation among men is primarily based on mutual trust and only secondarily on institutions like courts of justice and police. If they fall together, that's obviously the best, right? If we if it falls together that we trust these institutions, then obviously we have what we are looking for. If we trust that courts and police are working the best they can, definitely the best. But if it falls apart, then institution will not win against the trust factor. There where we allocate trust is what's going to win and not the institution. And I think this is something that we have to understand not because you feel you have a trustworthy institution is why you get the trust. It's because of what you do, how you do it, and with what kind of people you do it that you get the trust. And it takes time. 
I mean, that's how companies build up trust is, you know, always being there, always being reliable. And so that, I guess, is pretty hard when they suddenly have to pivot in a digital world or start to develop new ideas and things. For sure. And it has always been the case, whether this is an institution or an individual, building trust takes a whole lot longer than destroying trust. And, you know, trust can be destroyed within a second, but it takes months and years and decades to rebuild it. And you might not be able to ever rebuild it. And that's something where we really need to be careful. If I want to give you an example now in the financial sector, look at, again, let's let's go back to the cybercrime issue. Um, you could be a perfectly trustworthy institution, but if you have a huge or massive cyber attack and people really lose money or they've been put in a very bad situation, you will lose that trust within a second. I guess what we're trying to to talk about here is the idea of convergence trends where old has to embrace new. So companies that, you know, have, may have been around for, for a very long time, you know, as they go into the digital age and embrace new technology, you know, there's always a, a potential for them to lose trust if things don't go well. Um, with their new digital venture. But is what you do all about old embracing new? It's about evaluating um, from the old what is worth and worthy to take along on this road into, you know, today's and future world. And then also what needs to be changed and added in order to be fit for today and also the future. So it's not about just, you know, deleting or eliminating everything that's been around. It's about evaluating. And we always have done this. But now speed is becoming increasingly a factor. So we need to be faster, evaluating what's good from the past, taking this along, combining, adding new items, new possibilities, new solutions for the future. So do you think the, the established have an advantage over perhaps new companies that are coming along? I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think it's all about the open-mindedness of the company and also the decision makers within that company to allow it. So if you are allowing that, then of course, as an established company, you will have something to take along. But if you're not allowing new thinking, if you're not allowing change, then you will be stuck in the past. So it really depends on the culture, the values and the open-mindedness of the company. So you say, let's take open banking then, for example, mm -hmm. it seems to me, you know, you've got big banks on one side and then you've got new fintechs on the other. Do you believe in a world that they could possibly work together? I sure hope so, because you also have large techs and um, the, uh, the market is really changing rapidly. And I think from what I see and what we see also with a number of studies, there is a convergence. You know, we have these big buzzwords like convergence, convenience, one-stop shopping has been around for a long time, platform autonomy. So we see that this all comes very, very close together. And I don't think that we are in a situation anymore where we can say we're not working along with fintechs. We're not looking at what <laughs> big techs are doing. We're doing our business as we have done it for the last 50, 150, 200 years. That's not working out. People are looking for different solutions and they want to be able to combine combination of products and services is key today in being able to offer that. So are you saying then that 
big banks can't afford not to work with fintechs? They can definitely not afford to not look at these solutions and shut them out and say, okay, I, I hear this very often. Oh, it's a fintech. It's a startup. It'll go away rather sooner than later. <laughs> it's not going to go away. Of course, startup industry, you always have a large number popping up and then a large number again, you know, shutting down within one or two years. But some of them will stay. And if just one is staying and rocking the market, and you haven't looked at it, you might find yourself in huge challenges. So what about digital currencies then? You know, that's another old versus new convergence, you know, and we still don't have enough trust on the side of digital currencies yet, right? Absolutely. Currently, digital currencies are, uh, you know, very stereotyped for this is criminal money or it's just for playful investors it's for the young people you know all these stereotypes but it's rarely ever taken as a serious investment option and it could very well be you know an additional investment option but therefore in order to gain that trust into these currencies we need that trust factor and I guess what I'm trying to get at here is this idea of customer journeys yeah. Um, you know, they're so important. And this is what's driving um, digitalization. And this is what's driving the fact that, you know, big banks have to work with fintechs. This is driving the idea that countries have to actually look into digital currencies. Absolutely. And customer journeys are changing very rapidly. And if you look at, you know, look at how we've been working the last couple of years and how this has changed and now we literally have everything in our little mobile phones and we're <laughs> able to do everything with these little um, um, tools the same accounts for when it comes to financial processes um, it, the customer journey is changing and we're not taking care of that enough I think there's one thing that I really point out is a trusted third party customers of former times, but also today, we're looking for a trusted third party. And in traditional world, that was a typical bank, right? We trusted the bank. So that was a trusted third party. And, and people crave these trustworthy institutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, with distributed ledger, with crypto, the trusted third party is basically all of us, right? It's distributed. And this is something new. Now, we see that this trust is gaining because as institutions, um, you know, lose trust, we kind of feel as clients and customers that hmm, if we distribute trust, that could be an interesting opportunity. It could be good for us. It could be actually even of higher trust. Yet still, it's nice to add an institution. And so I think this is kind of lacking currently when it comes to the whole cryptocurrency area. We need this you know, more real trusted third party to a usual average client and customer. This was going to be my next question anyway, but you really kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, is this, what does this mean for a provider like Six? Definitely there is a sweet spot, I would say. Um, <laughs> um, if, if, a, if an institution like Six would jump in here and take on this, this, um, option or this possibility to be and provide as a trusted third party and also to simplify the process, the customer journey. Currently to invest in crypto is for many people, 
you know, it's like standing in front of a huge mountain and no idea how to climb that. And I think six here as a sort of neutral, trusted, been around institution would be perfect and wonderful to jump in in order to facilitate that customer journey and in order to, you know, add to a label kind of trusted third party. And how, how about Switzerland? How does this all fit in here? You know, we're perhaps known as one of the most trustworthy countries. That's why so many companies are here, as well as obviously for the tax reasons. But, you know, <laughs> there's a you know, there's a lot to be said for Switzerland, the brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Switzerland has a lot to offer when it comes to financial market, not just the professionalism that we're having. And we've been around for such a long time and our offerings are really of highest professionalism, but also like you're saying, we are a trusted financial sector. Having said that, I know we have been, and I think we all remember we have been through very shaky times where our trust has, you know, taken some hits and we need to work on, we need to really care for that trust also for now and for the future. How do you see banking then in the future? Um, we pointed out already that we have trends like convergence and convenience. We have trends like platform economy. And I think we really have this consolidating um, aspect, which is already going on. We have a consolidation in the market and, you know, we, we really need to be more open. And that's why I promote not just open banking, but I, I promote open X. Which means what? which means that open banking means we're still in banking and banking products and services area. So what we're, what we're offering or offering as a financial institution is still banking and banking services. As we know, today's customer and client likes to combine and we like to combine in whether this is one app, one platform, different solutions. And this will be banking, much like maybe travel or any other leisure and any other professional um, um, app that I'd like to have and like to combine that. And this combination, that would mean open X. It's not just combination of banking, open banking. It means open X allowed to combine a whole lot of services and a whole lot of products. So do you think then that there will be physical bank branches in the future? I mean, certainly ones where you can go and have a coffee, sure, but I mean, <laughs> Uh, how prevalent will the bank branch be in the future? I think they will still exist. I think we are in a world where, and, and also in future, where there is a demand for that. At one point, you will probably buy a house and you want to see the banker um, mm -hmm. where, you know, where you have your mortgage and, and you want to look that person in the eye, but not necessarily everyone. So, yes, I believe we will have bank branches um, and we also will have fully virtual banks and you know client fully virtually banking and we need to be able to offer that diversity within our financial sector just talking to you you know it reminds me of another Einstein quote you know and and don't take this the wrong way I'm going to say I have no special talents I am only passionately curious and please for, forgive me for the first <laughs> part because I see that you have very many special talents, but you are also passionately curious. 
that's exactly what it is and there is really nothing to ask sorry for um <laughs> i was always someone asking questions and i think this is something that we need to do more again ask questions we are in today's world we are in a situation where we don't have the answers for so many things but we need to ask the question and asking the questions is the first step to getting a solution and an answer and then if I could ask you, if you could have a coffee with Einstein, you know, in a bank or not, yeah. what would you ask him? <laughs> um, I would probably ask him um, what his biggest challenge was and how he managed to convince people. He was really, really thinking outside the box and he really had challenges with that sort of approach. And sometimes I struggle too to convince people. And if you could give me some good tip or advice, then I would be very happy. Absolutely. Sita Mazumda, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much. And my thanks to you too for joining us for this episode of The Six Podcast, looking at digitalization and thinking outside the box. Until next time, stay inspired. And you can hear more about inspiring leaders by downloading the six podcast series available wherever you get your podcasts.